put that word. Okay. Now um, recording. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, we are recording a community spotlight episode. I think it's eight. It was supposed to be like three or four, but uh, we've Indeed. been kind of playing a Discord tag back and forth for a while. Um, so I'm here with Cole, um, Ink Splatter Architect, the uh, artist of the DNR Discord server. And uh, we're going to talk about DNR and art and some other stuff. So, hi, Cole. Hello. Uh, yeah. I should probably start with an introduction of myself um, and maybe a few things that are general that most people know about me, but that no one on the Discord server would really know about me, I guess. Um, let's see. Well, uh, I am originally from uh, Hermosa Beach in California, which is like a subsection of Los Angeles. Um, I am only 20 years old, and I'm turning 21 this October. Uh, my full name is Cole Vernon, and I don't like that because Vernon reminds me of uh, Vernon Dudley, uh, Vernon Dudley Dursley, the what, the uh, the really asshole dad from Harry Potter. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that. So the other, I guess, Mount Vernon's cool too, but I always immediately think of the asshole dad from Harry Potter when I think of my last name. Um, as soon and, as you said you didn't like it, I thought that was the reason. So there you go. Bam! <laughs> Cultural reference is not an issue. Perfect. Yeah, um, Stick and, to the We're good. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess um, I moved to Minnesota three years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, when I was 17 for art college because uh, of the... Th there are only three colleges in the U.S. that have comic art as a um, official major, and one of them happens to be the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. Uh, the other one that I was looking at was in New York, but unfortunately I'm not a big fan of the living conditions in the dorms there, so I decided to go to Minneapolis because, uh, well, I guess an example was uh, during my um, tour of the dorms, we used an elevator that had an out-of-order sign on it because the guide said it was fine anyways. And at that point, I was like, hmm, perhaps this was not meant to be. So <laughs> that's why I'm in Minnesota nine months of the year. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that's some basic stuff about me. Okay. Yeah, you, you miss the nice months of Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's I, re really good now. I do. It's it's honestly kind of terrible because I've heard everything great happens specifically during the summer and late and uh, late spring. And I personally love spring because for the the brief three weeks of it that I experience, my entire college campus is in bloom and all the trees are flowering, which is very nice. But then I leave before I get to experience anything else fun, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So I I live pretty close, right? We've talked about this before. Um, yeah. I'm just a couple hours from Minnesota and. Two years in a row, there's this race that I wanted to sign up for in, like, mid-April. And uh, last year, I drove there, and it got not canceled, but nobody ran it. Like, six people did it because of a blizzard warning that closed all the highways. It's, like, April 14th or something. Yep. And Oh, I remember year... the exact date. Okay. Same weekend. <laughs> Didn't it happen again? Yes, it did. It got completely canceled this year. Um, nobody ran at all. So in two years, like six people have done this race. So. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what Blizzard you're talking about because on April 14th last year, my best friend Evan, who's like six foot three, I have a distinct memory of it of me being like, "The Blizzard's not going to be this bad." And then because it had been my second winter and the last one wasn't that bad, and I was like, "It's not going to be that bad." And then I look out the window, my friend Evan is like waist deep in like three feet of snow trudging his way to work and I was like oh I guess it's kind of bad <laughs> yeah so now imagine six people actually managed to run a hundred miles in that God, that's so, that's that's insanity yeah they are pretty crazy so um okay well thanks for the extra little stuff um let's let's jump in and get some questions done here uh the first ones are ones I kind of ask everybody so uh, when and how did you find Dungeons and Randomness Okay, well, hopefully this doesn't make anybody listening feel too old, but um, <laughs> let I only I've only really been listening to DNR like religiously since my senior year of high school, um, and it was at some point during my at some point during my junior year. Uh, so I guess when I was fifteen, almost sixteen, I was. 
before that, I'd always been into D&D, but not D&D, because I had often played, like, weird, uh, just diceless, like, just, just like, role-playing only variants with, like, a few pencil-paper notes with some of my friends, and I had not really, I never really knew what actual D&D was, and then I was invited be, uh, at a comic store where I played Magic the Gathering to play in an actual D&D group with my friends, and by this point, I had listened to a few episodes of DNR, but it was... I, I didn't really, it was just a thing that I tried once or twice, and I really wasn't that into it. And then as soon as I started playing actual D&D for the first time, and I kind of decided to start developing my own homebrew world, I immediately got super engrossed in DNR, and that was also around the time when I started taking my art stuff a little bit more seriously, because that was when I was building my portfolio for art college, and so there was a lot of inspiration that went into that, too. Um, so I, yeah, I guess it's been been almost five years. Yeah, so I think um you know you're talking about people feeling old and stuff but actually i think like you've been listening maybe longer than anybody else i've interviewed like pretty close to as long as anybody else so um that's pretty crazy to think well i don't know dnr has dnr's definitely been around like it, it was i remember that like the show was a good 100 episodes in almost i think yeah. When I when I started listening and maybe it was. Honestly, it's hard to remember because like most of my distinct DNR memories start when I got to college because that was when I was like checking the the episodes weekly religiously and listening to everything I could and I didn't even know about DNR's Patreon or like any of the other stuff for a while. So I was just listening to the episodes and I didn't and, and like I was uh, I remember back when Good Morning Theria was like still part of the main feed like that was weird. Yep, you you've been around a good while, so Strange. interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, you touched on this a little bit in that question, but um, how did you really get hooked on the show? Were there like certain episodes, or like what about the world got you really into Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think this might be for a lot of people, but um, for me, what really hooked me, and I think. What I wasn't expecting, because my experience mainly via internet osmosis and like what I'd seen of like dumb Tumblr memes, was that D and D wasn't, from what I'd known at the time, wasn't a storytelling medium where anybody could really pull off like a good serious story. Because everyone, you know, players derail things and the DM kind of has trouble control. So I, I wasn't aware that like you could really tell a successfully compelling story through that medium. And so for me, that that first uh, that first really early on arc, episode seventeen, I believe, when the time jump really, when that sets in, I think it was. That was like a, that was a mind blowing moment for me because up until that point, I've been like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like they've done some cool stuff. Oh, Drock was cool. They yeah, big boss. Wow. But then it was like time jump, and I was like, whoa, Jason really just did that. Wow, like I, I never, I didn't imagine that like something so impactful, and I, I just hadn't imagined something so daring being done. I just didn't see it coming, and I was like, wow, I guess you really can tell these more serious stories, even if <laughs> Ironhide, there are some uh, spikes on the road, if you will, to the storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Um, because players are always gonna always gonna make things interesting, but it, yeah, I, for me it was that I just I just I well, I'd never had a DM that was taking the storytelling aspect so seriously, and so hearing Jason do that really inspired. Well, it one it inspired my art because Jason had, and I think he's gotten a lot better at this. But even then, in the beginning, he was really good at it. Has this way of describing things that like immediately puts visuals in your head, and so. For me, I loved listening to him while I was doodling because I immediately had an idea of what to draw. So that was another reason that I got hooked. So a, a couple things there. Um, one, I think I learn a little bit more about what I like about the show. Like every time that I talk to somebody and like just listening to you, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of silly in the show, but like there's that serious story stuff too. And I think it's the balance of those things that really is why I like this show and not like 40 other ones that I've tried. So, because it's either all silly or it's just too serious all the time. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I not to I don't want to I don't want to harp on any shows in particular, but there yeah. I did there were I have listened to and enjoyed a few other D and D shows, and and I and I honestly like as talented as some of the folks making these are. Like man, like the voice actors in Critical Role, wow, just it's that's impressive. But also, I would t I agree with you because I really feel like. It's it's either too much or it's not enough. Like the Adventure Zone is great, but 
it was just not my style. There's so much comedy, and I just, like, it was... Sometimes I just feel like DNR does this amazing job of, like, getting... it. Characters feel real because it's both serious and silly, because no one is always silly, or at least I hope not. That's just not a fun personality to be around. And no one is always serious, because that's also kind of a drag. So it just... it The characters feel really real because you get the more realistic moments of dumb humor when things are dark, but then you also get the very, like, somber emotional stuff, and that's just a wonderful balance. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, I think you're right, Jason has always described things, but he's gotten really, really good at giving visual descriptions of things lately, like the last episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I will also say that it's great that that puts pictures in your head. I don't get pictures, so... <laughs> Um, that's, that's, I think, the difference between an artist and a, a mathematician. Um, I don't have pictures in my head when he says that stuff. I hear every word that he says, and then I, I wait for you to draw something. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me, but that's okay. Um, all right, uh, third one. Um, if, you if you could build uh, some kind of dream group of DNR characters, like say there's going to be a one-shot of some sort, um, who would you want to be in it? And you could do this, like from Annie Arc or anything and could be kind of a fun group or you could go for a more serious thing, just like who would you like to see together? And uh, if you had any reason, you can give that, but yeah. Um, this is going to sound, okay, so I just kind of immediately when you said that, there were two thoughts. And my first thought would be I would want characters that have been talked about, like historical figures specifically. I would want to see a group of historical figures from the from a similar timeline in history team up and be adventurers because i would love to see that just for the lore purposes i'd learn that we would learn so much from jason about theria that way my second one is a lot more comedic um i would like to see like a suicide squad style team up um like in it, it with like serif and like the royals and a bunch of other characters that like the community has collectively agreed are hated assholes and i just want to see all the hated assholes go do something together i just think it would be hysterical that is interesting i like that it, those definitely different answers i was kind of expecting you to throw a Calden in there somewhere, but... Uh... I, I do, okay, I, I got, I will admit that I am a bit of a Calden and Braylon fanboy, just a little bit, but I, I kind of, I thought that, like, I had that thought, I mean, it was like, oh, I want Calden, but I was like, mm, I can't do that, I gotta, I gotta subvert expectations just a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I did happen to, like, I've been on your um, portfolio, I guess, website, I don't know what to call it. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, and uh, Calden's right there in the middle, so I, I know you have kind of a thing for him. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's honestly, it's not just Calden; it's characters with white hair. I love okay. characters with white hair, and um, and I don't know why. It's just it, like um, like Jack Frost from the Guardians Disney movie. I really loved his character design, and he reminds me of Calden. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just threw in this question because. We kind of delayed this um, until, hey, the ARC finale was yesterday, and we were both there while it live-streamed. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff on the Discord about this, but any particular thoughts on things or uh, theories on what's going to happen or anything you just want to talk about from yesterday's I'm, you know, I really appreciated the brief explanation at the end by Jason about time stuff, because that was useful. Uh, the first bit, wow, the atmosphere in that episode, the editing in that episode, and honestly, that episode felt super short, but I was okay with it, because it was just so well done. And I can't, I kind of envy almost the people that are listening to it on their own in the feed just a little bit. I kind of envy that because it was it was it was good it was a good experience for sure to see the chat but at the same time I definitely I definitely envy being able to sit by sit by yourself and enjoy that because the the just the atmosphere that that episode had especially the way Jason kept describing the fog being like ever present and like it just kept growing and growing and growing and then that Vecna reveal at the very end like this whole episode made me want to draw so much. But I just there wasn't enough time, and there wa and I was just like I don't have enough time in the day to draw all the things that I want to draw from the like oh 
Like I, you know, it felt almost um, in the same way that I don't know if you'll get this one, but in the same way that like Dark Souls is like a game you play and that you don't necessarily need to understand what's happening, but the visuals and the like the atmosphere of the game fills you with like such dread and like it looks so somber and it, it looks ancient and decrepit. Like this episode had the same level of like meticulous atmosphere planned into it, and I could just feel like anxiety listening to this and it, that was everything I wanted in this finale. So, okay. Yeah, I did get that. I, uh, I have avoided dark souls because I know it's a game I would not enjoy. It's not my style, <laughs> but I definitely know the art style and stuff for it. So I do get that. And yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think the, uh, probably the feeling of the chat was not as serious as the episode was. So I, I understand what you're saying about maybe listening to it by yourself and it might have felt a little different in that way um and then yeah i i don't know i i feel like the arc one finale we like wrapped stuff up and now we're just getting cliffhangers everywhere and jason's being kind of evil so i don't i don't know what i think about just big cliffhangers yeah for me the biggest the biggest one that uh i'm i'm really excited about honestly was uh i'm I could honestly, as, as as awesome and interesting as the Aladrin interactions were in that little stinger at the end, I could care less about that compared to what's going to happen to Strahd. Because from what I understand, everybody that died in that city during that time period is no longer dead because time has been reversed. I mean, they if if they died outside the city during the hundred years, then it doesn't matter. But Strahd died inside the city during the time period, so he is no longer. Now Strahd is wherever he was on that day 100 years ago. So he's not dead anymore, and that's insane. That Those are some insane consequences. But it, that applies to everything, like the Warforged that were there that died. Like, those Warforged are now just back, I guess, somewhere. So that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, and well, the other thing is, is like I'm still not sure about that because it's quite possible Jason could just be like everything only anything that is only only things in the bubble, and then everything that like rewinded and it just poofs, and so the dragon's still dead and yeah. the warfare's still. So I don't know. Time travel's weird. We'll have to see how it turns out. But if if Strata's still alive, that's those are some insane complications. But also, you know, that could be positive, because if Strahd is still alive, then the great black dragon, Aruthamar, his mate, is not angry anymore. That's good. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that, that is also interesting. Um, I, I was also had this random thought that, like, okay, that, that day 100 years ago, like, is there anybody visiting the city besides Eladrin? Um, like, there's got to be somebody else there. Like, somebody goes to see the Eladrin. So, maybe we just brought somebody back to life. It's been dead for like eighty years or that's, ninety years. That's true because I mean it was it was an incredible city. So they're they're definitely I mean unless they were like anti tourism, there's probably hundreds of people that aren't Aladrin that are now living as doubles or they've been brought back from the dead, which is crazy. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's my weird. own my Whoa, own little okay. pet theory. Yeah, wow, that's that's a good one. I I hadn't thought about that. That's crazy. Um, okay. The next one's probably kind of hard, but because you probably have a bunch of them. But do you have like a favorite piece of art you've done related to the show, or just a few um, different yes. ones that you really yes, like? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I do have a favorite piece of art related to the show, um, and I would say that mm, piece of artwork. I think okay, my favorite piece of artwork that I've done in terms of technical skill, like the piece of artwork that I think I'm most proud of. Um, is definitely like one or two of the pieces I did for the Dragon Con trailer. And I actually have those, the pieces, the artwork that is in the Dragon Con trailer from last summer, uh, the artwork is actually um, separated and into nine individual pieces, and those are on my website. Um, but the shot that I drew of Strahd laying, uh, laying waste to the Evergreens, along with the shot of the Dragon Cult meeting uh, are two of my favorite drawings I have ever done. Um, hmm. And I really enjoyed those. Um, and then, obviously, I really like the art I've done of Calden, but the art that I'm most proud of, I think, uh, that I just personally like the most would probably have to be um, the artwork that I have done of Tessia or the artwork I've done of Braylon, because I feel like both of those captured what Jason was going for, 
from what I know and the conversations I've had with them about it, uh, of those characters. And for me, when I do art for DNR, I'm always trying to capture as close to whatever Jason's vision is, even if it's just fan art. Like, if he says, that looks good, then I'm like, heck yeah, I did a good job. That's what he imagined. So, like, for me, I'm not really, I'm try- I'm not really doing art for myself. I'm just drawing art because I'm hoping it, like, gives life to something he's created. Yeah, that's cool. Um, if anybody was looking for that stuff, I think a lot of it was in the Discord. Some of it's on your website. And the Most official of- stuff is on the DNR site, right? Yeah. Um, well, they they haven't they don't post they didn't post the, obviously the Dragon Con trailer still there, but the artwork isn't posted by itself. But uh, there is yeah. So the the Tessia artwork, the uh, Braylon Calden artwork, and the Dragon Con trailer artwork is all on my website. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to uh, drop some links and stuff in the the description for this, so people can find your website if they don't know where it is. I think it's also in your like Discord profile, probably. It's it's. I think it's in my Discord profile, and it's also on my Twitter and my other, all my other. Yeah, it's, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Okay, well, I'm going to drop a bunch of links in there. Um, I'll throw your Patreon on there too, just in case. Um, yeah, I need to get. I need to get on that. I have to start. Uh, I have to start making content for that more regularly because. Uh, yeah, well, I got to do that. That's important. Oh well. Yeah. Well, speaking for me, I. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> maybe the other people are more concerned. But there's not too many of us just yet on your Patreon. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. You, know. you guys are paying me two or three dollars, so <laughs> that's a, that's about like uh that's um that's less than like ten minutes of art in terms of commission payments. But <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of what I figured. I was just like, well, maybe maybe Cole can afford some French fries or something. Or a, a that that is that so. is helpful. That is always helpful. Yeah. No, I do plan to do more than that. But anyways, questions. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, okay, so yeah, there's a, a billion things in the world you could get inspired about. Um, what what about D and D and like DNR really does that for you? Like, why is why is that a thing that like super inspires you to do art? Well, for me, D and D itself is it gives uh, for me really what D and D does, and I think what it does for a lot of people is it gives them an opportunity to like be a storyteller even if they're really bad at it. Like, you can be a terrible writer and have a D&D character and tell a fun story. And I think, or a terrible artist and have a D&D character and tell a good story. And I think for me, what's so cool about doing art inspired by these things is that, like, I get to do art or I'm inspired by things people don't normally have the avenue to express. So, like, someone that has never really been very creative their entire life or they haven't done many creative things might not get an opportunity to tell a story the way they would if they're playing D&D, and they can feel proud of that story and enjoy that story. And so when I get to do art inspired by that sort of thing, it, it feels a little bit more unique than if I'm going and reading something by Tolkien and drawing something based on Lord of the Rings. Because as fun as that is, it, it doesn't feel the same because it's, it's much more like, man, this is some incredible prose and this writer is fantastic, but... Sometimes I feel like it's the. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's it, it's a it's like it's when you read the higher heights that you reach. Sometimes you lose something, and so for me, I'm much more interested in being inspired by the everyday person's imagination than geniuses. Okay, that makes some sense because like one of the things I've wondered about is like I know Rowan is really into Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere and stuff. I'm like. I've never seen any Cole, like, uh, Mistborn fan art or anything like that. So just not your thing. So No, that is, you know, you're, no, it's, it's true. I do, I do do fan art, but honestly, I don't, I cannot think of a single time I've drawn fan art for a novel, except back when I was really young. I, I used to do a lot of fantasy reading, and I, I wish I did more now, because I feel like it's important to being a comic artist and stuff. But, yeah, I honestly, I don't, I can't think of any time that I've really done any fan art for for like high class novels or fantasy works like that honestly anymore because for me it's just it's interesting but there's the um the element of human chaos the uh anything yeah. that can go wrong will go wrong sort of things that happen in D campaigns that make for much more compelling and interesting art than i think a lot of other stuff does hmm, that's interesting um okay uh i could be wrong about this but i don't think i am I, I believe you're like one of the very few people to ever be on the DNR payroll. 
I don't know how long that lasted, but weren't you the official artist of DNR for a little while until school got too busy or something? Yeah, like it was it was for um, from around uh, March to July. Um, it was I, I the last thing they paid me for what the last thing Jason and Bree paid me for uh, the last work I did for them was the Dragon Con trailer, um, and after that there was basically. Um, college was becoming a, a thing, and I was working on the Dragon trailer, uh, the, the, the Dragon Con trailer. <laughs> Excuse my uh, word vomiting, vomiting fumble. That's fun. That's a good phrase. Word vomit. Um, I was working on the Dragon Con trailer at the same time as I was working uh, five day a week night shifts at a gro grocery local grocery store where I was the shelf stalker. So I would get to work at 10 p.m. I would walk 20 minutes down down the street to work. And I would put boxes and move heavy boxes and put them on shelves for 10 hours until around 8 a.m. And then I would go home and then I would sleep for three to four hours and then I would wake up and then I would do art and work on my cosplay for Anime Expo and then I would eat food and then I would go back to sleep and then I would rinse and repeat. And so for like most of the summer uh, from really when I got back from college in May to August, I was running on three hours of sleep a night, and it was just not sustainable. So that, in addition to just my junior year, and junior years in general, both in high school and college are usually the most difficult, it kind of all just became like a, a really big thing that just came became too much. So I do want to continue to do more work for them in the future, though, but this is, it was, it was also kind of a personal thing. Like I felt, you know, I feel, I feel kind of young to be doing this and I feel like maybe I should wait until I have grown more professional and mature as an artist okay. before I start sense. doing something like this. Cause, cause DNR has a pretty big following and I just wanted to make sure that I was being as professional as I could about it. So I wanted to make sure maybe take a break and see if I can do more work for you guys in the future. Cause I don't feel like I have matured enough as an artist yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, are you doing anything for the Kickstarter or not right now? Or do you know? Uh, at the moment, I'm not. Okay. But I might be doing some work for them in the future. Okay. I can't, really say any, I can't really say anything else because I don't know for sure. And I also don't think I'm supposed to say if I, like, I, I honestly don't know. And I also, if I did, I, I couldn't say anyways. So. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I was kind of hoping they would like hit you up for Calden art again, just because like it's hard. Honestly, to I, yeah. Honestly, I I don't know what's gonna happen with the uh, with the setting book. I I would be kind of I'd be kind of bummed if like they didn't use any of the art that had already been done. But also, I wouldn't because since now that we've seen some of the art in the uh, in the preview, um, I, I I would hope that they keep the style consistent because in my mind, that's more important than the art quality, at yeah. least. From, from like a visual perspective, I'd rather have all look like they were drawn by similar artists than like some of them stand out, you know? Because I feel like that'd be a little weird. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we're going to pivot off of DNR a little bit. And you talked some about like where you started with D&D that wasn't really D&D, but just like role-playing games and stuff. Um, do you play a lot of role-playing games? Like, do you have time for that stuff? What's your What's your history with that? Um, I wish I could do more. Honestly, I don't even. At least high school, I d I drew a lot, and I didn't have time for much other than drawing. Like, I would I would draw in class, and then I get home and do homework, and then draw all night, and then rinse and repeat. But ever since college and going to art school, it completely changes an artist because you stop drawing for fun as much. Because every day you go to school and you're doing what you love. But then you come home and it really burns you out because you've been drawing for work for like the whole day. And then you kind of just don't want to draw anymore, which honestly, I think I, that's probably what I'm looking forward to most about, to, about graduating is that I'm no longer going to feel like I'm being assigned to do my work. It's like I'm just doing this for work now, but it's not like class. And so that's exciting and gives me more free time to do things like tabletop games, which right now I honestly wish I did more of. Um, I'm in a campaign that meets well, is supposed to meet every week on Friday, um, and I think we'll be having our second session soon. So that's kind of exciting. And I also, I do want to play more just because I feel like it's good uh, practice for storytelling. Um, tabletop games, though, before D&D, the uh, not really D&D thing, I had a homebrew kind of mix of, like, fourth edition and, like, 
roleplay heavy uh, mechanics thing that I was running for a while, and I ran it for about like a year and a half. I had like a good like twelve or fifteen sessions, and a lot of my a lot of my good artwork, like my good fantasy artwork, uh, was born of that campaign. So that was really fun, and I played that for a while, and I actually still have like a pretty massive like fifty five page Google Doc with like all that all the world info for that. So I want to do something with that again. But other than that, I honestly don't have too much experience with um, tabletop games, and I'd like more. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, in that kind of limited but not super limited experience, uh, do you have a favorite character that you played? Or um, maybe, I don't know, the favorite character you played? Or I had an alternate to this, and I can't come up with it. So we'll just stick with that. Um, well, a character that I was going to play in a campaign that Rowan was actually DMing in, set in the same homebrew world that I had made, just in a different location and with my the same homebrew rules, I was going to play a character in that. Um, and I did kind of one of those, I'm special, I'm making my own like fancy thing, sort of bullshit thing that players often try to do. Because um, Rowan was like, hey, if you want to do this special thing, we could work it out and that could be fun. So in, in his world, at least, I was, uh, I was playing Nephilim. So I was basically half Asimar and half Tiefling, um, like half angel, half demon. Um, and so that was really cool, uh, specifically because I chose to take a custom class. And so basically I took a, like, a, um, a healing light magic-based wizard and kind of mixed it with... Um, mixed it with a uh, like fire and demonic based with warlock class and I kind of stuck the two together and me and him homebrewed some things up and I came up with a few things and so that was really fun to play because I'm always a big fan of like symbology and stuff and so playing a uh, a Nephilim character that used light and dark skills was really cool and it was fun because I was also a cripple and that was kind of the stipulation he was like look I'll let you play this character with these incredibly, because you're you're you have tiefling like tiefling abilities and you have Asimar abilities and you've got incredible magic affinity, so obviously there's need needs to be a drawback. So you're a cripple, and he basically decided that that union is unholy, and therefore I have a crippled body. So my character had like a minus four or like a minus three or something to my constitution. It was it was pretty bad, and I had to constantly walk around with a cane. But that was fine with me because. Just in general, I love canes, and I love cane weapons, and I love cane staves, cane anything. Like, if your character is using their crutch as a weapon, that's so cool to me. I love that. So I was excited about it. Yeah, I, I like that. That is pretty cool. Um, I was thinking about this for me, and uh, I always feel like my favorite character is, like, the last one that I just played. So <laughs> um, I played in a game last night, and uh, it's this random thing, and I ended up with this little halfling who uh, discovered in the, the session that he was a warlock. He didn't know. We started at level zero. And he's convinced that the little um, sweet honey bun that he's carrying around is his magical focus or it's the thing that's giving him magic powers. So he's my favorite character now. I've only played him once, but it's just kind of neat. Um, yeah, weird, uh, weird magic. Um, what's it? Weird magical focuses are really fun. Yeah, so... Um, okay, uh, just a couple more things here. Um, this is kind of bled in throughout here. So um, what's it like to go to school for comic art? And uh, I, I think you posted your schedule one time, and you have some really interesting course titles. So like, what are some of the I courses you do, have to I do. Take? Um, okay, so actually, you know what? I'll uh, look this up right now because I'm kind of interested myself to... I need to check anyways just to remind myself, but I, I can go through, I, I'll go through that, um, see if I can find that image I posted, because, yeah, it is pretty interesting. The first few classes, at least my freshman year, were pretty basic. Like, I took a bunch of intro classes, like uh, Introduction to Media 1, Introduction to 3D, Introduction to Graphic Design, like, things like that. Um, and then once you get those out of the way, you can kind of really take whatever classes you want within your major. So hold on just a second while I pull this up. Okay. Um, because I, I uh, since I'm a senior, I'm taking a bunch of uh, like elective classes within my major. Because um, I've taken almost all the comic classes I can take. Yeah. Um, Is there like a senior project thing you have to yes, do? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, every 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 uh, student has their own senior project for the each major, and then uh, 
comic art majors, it's usually create like a long form comic or, you know, make a web comic and publish it for the whole semester or do something like that. And uh, it can be different for other majors, like, you know, finish a series of paintings or apply for a writing project with a producer or something. It completely depends on, uh, on the major. But let's see here. What was I taking this coming semester? Um, huh. Odd. Oh, this is odd. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm just uh, weird that oh oh that's why I was looking at um, the wrong uh, I was looking at the wrong um, the wrong time I was looking at summer as my uh, semester for the oh yeah there for my schedule that did You're not like, that's not oops, I that's forgot not right. to register that's not good I was like oh no that can't be right I can't I can't have forgotten to register because that's not actually possible so well okay so this coming semester uh, let's see I have on. Oh, never mind. No, it completely depends on the day. But I am taking, uh, well, I, it, technically, my internship for the summer counts uh, towards my this following semester. That's not actually on my schedule, though. I'm taking Advanced Comic Arts Seminar, Myth, Ritual, and Symbolism, Liberal Arts Advanced Seminar, and Digital Illustration. Okay. Those don't sound uh, crazy weird. So. Uh, myth, ritual, and symbolism is pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, liberal arts advanced seminar is basically just a big lecture where they talk about the more uh, in-depth and philosophical and more difficult concepts in art, I'm assuming. I haven't taken the class. Okay. Um, advanced comic art seminar is the same, but just with comic art. Uh, and advanced comic art seminar, from what I've heard, is just doing your senior project. Digital illustration, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, in the previous years, though, I have taken some really fun classes. Like the last semester, I took History of Rock and Roll. Um, okay. Although, honestly, I was disappointed because it was a lot less History of Rock and Roll and more just History of Music for the past 200 years. And I was like, well, this isn't just Rock and Roll. I feel like I've been lied to. But Yeah, so uh, um, more, more of these are probably like things with like essays and tests than what I was thinking, right? Well, no, like... you'd be surprised. You would really be okay. surprised. So even even the history of rock and roll had options where I could take my art skills. And so, for example, my final project for that class, uh, there was an option where instead of doing the entire 2,000-word essay, you could write, uh, you could do two art pieces and write a 500-word essay to go along okay. with them. So that's what I did. Um, most of my classes, though, there's a lot less essay writing, and it's much more studio-based. Like last semester, I took a... Um, figure drawing class that was very anatomy based and so we had an anatomy test te uh, textbook and we were like studying skeletons and drawing those and doing that sort of thing. My um, comic art scene class was very cool because that class was basically um, almost a short introduction to world building for games. It was just world building in general. The whole class every week we would talk about a different concept in world building whether it be like atmospheric perspective or uh, using shapes and forms to like control how someone interprets an environment or things like that um, and color schemes and perspective and all that sort of thing and each week we would do a comic based on that specific thing. Um, I think my favorite one was during October we were required to draw a Halloween themed comic and I drew a uh, I used a brush pen to ink a comic depicting the Headless Horseman uh, dramatically the first panel he like dramatically rides in uh, like wreathed in shadows and he looks really scary and he's got this pumpkin on his head, and it's flaming, and he draw, draws a sword. And then we see him ride into um, the Headless Hollow or whatever, and um, he gets off his horse and walks into this cave, and he sits down in this chair, and he sighs, and he takes the pumpkin off his head. And underneath the pumpkin head, there's a tinier, much cuter pumpkin with a cat face like carved into it. And that was okay. the punchline. It was just that he secretly has a tiny, cute head underneath. Um, and that was one of my favorite comics I've ever drawn, and that's also on my website. But all right, yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, yeah, I, I have to think about uh, more ways to let people turn in like art in my math class. I've only ever done it once. I had we don't have a, a ton of art majors, but I've had a couple, and they have to take like a liberal arts math class. And uh, I did find a way for one of them to turn in. Um, like an art piece representing like how all of the Avengers are related across the different movies instead of this uh, other graph theory project that I was going to have them do. So I was kind of proud of coming up with that, but it's not super easy. So it is, um, it is, it can be, it can be really difficult. Honestly, art assignments, it's a lot more busy work. It's really, it's 
going to art school is really the same as going to a school for another major. The really the only real difference is that instead of doing busy math work, you're doing busy artwork. Like I still get assigned a bunch of busy work. It's just in the form of like, here, go draw 50 different poses before next week. And then I'd like you to go outside and find 10 buildings and paint them. It's, it's really, it's, it's still busy work. It's just a different kind of busy work. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, okay, so you have one year left, and then you're going to try to do some kind of art career thing. Um, do you have any idea what that's going to be or what you're hoping to do with that? Um, yes, I do. But uh, quickly, before I move on, I did want to touch on something else that was in the previous uh, thing, okay, which was sure. about specifically about comic art and that being my major. Um, it's actually... Comic art specifically is still a pretty ridiculed and looked down on art form. So sometimes it's kind of frustrating, especially when I'm telling people about my major. I'll often add in I'm majoring in comic art and illustration because mm -hmm. I've noticed in my interactions with a lot of people in everyday life is that people tend to respond more positively or more respectably when I add the illustration. But if I say just comic art, they give me the, oh, so you're going to die starving alone sort of expression. I'm like, okay, okay, buddy. So it's, it's kind of going to art school for comic art is kind of weird because, uh, well, aside from the fact that only three schools really recognize it as a real major, which is reflective of the fact that a lot of snobby artists still kind of look down on it. And it's like, it's not high art. It's not up there with painting and pencil illustrations. You know, it's, it's a lot of people are still really snobby about it. Um, hmm. But it, yeah, it's kind of weird doing that because really comic art still has yet to catch up with the rest of the art world. Like video game art has exploded. But comic art as an industry is still kind of behind the times and hasn't really adapted yet. And so I'm hoping that that changes and it starts getting recognized and being more innovative because that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, I was I was kind of thinking um, like how different social media has made all this stuff, right? Like all these artists on Twitter and stuff, like how it must have been much harder to get your art in front of people. Like, oh, yeah. Ten years ago than it is now. So. Oh, yeah. But it's also it's also crazy um, because that is also the opposite effect. And from what, I, what I've experienced, because concept art is something that I've also really wanted to do. And I did some research, and this is one of the reasons why I'm studying comic art now and not concept art, um, is that 10 years ago, the, the, bar, the bar for quality that you would need to pass as an entry-level position as a concept artist was much lower. So low, in fact, that, like, I could, 10 years ago, with the skill level I have now, I could have, like, signed up and been, like, a decently paid concept artist in a AAA company. But now, the, the level of art skill required for something like that is far beyond what I'm capable of right now. And it's, it's definitely a lot because of, uh, it's definitely mostly due to social media and the fact that because so many more artists are able to put their work online the quality, like the, the bar and the uh, level that you need to be at has collectively been raised over time. The more artists are online, the more good art there is, and the more good artists that companies have to choose to hire from, which means it's harder and harder to get into the industry if you're not good enough. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and I know, like, like, I follow, like, Blizzard games pretty closely, and, like, they've hired a lot of people that were just doing, like, fan art and stuff for their show or for their games and stuff. and like. You know, if you open Twitter and you're interviewing somebody and there's all this art on Twitter that's better than what they have in front of you, like, yeah, I can see there'd be a big effect on that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess we're back to the, the career question. Like, um, do you have like a particular goal uh, that you hope to achieve at some point or... I, I know this stuff's weird when you're in college trying to figure out what you think you're going to no, do. No, not but... really. I, I don't really think so. And in fact, I think... Uh to the rule because I, I still talk to some of my friends from from back in high school and they still don't know what they're gonna do and I, I honestly think I was just I was just lucky enough to discover at a very young age that I enjoy pencils I was like man these pencils are this pencil thing's pretty great I can make pictures wow so I mean I don't know I, I think that uh, I've always known from a very young age that I wanted to do this and uh, definitely the specifics changed I at one point, it was concept artist in high school for a while, but uh, I think really it was anime and manga that, oh God, as cliche as this sounds, because I know so many people that have decided to become artists or comic artists because of anime and manga, but 
it was pretty cringy. Uh, in high school, I was convinced that I was going to become a manga artist, and I wanted to like move to Japan and and use only manga like tools imported from Japan. And for a while, I I still do use pens. I still do use manga pens with like the metal nibs, and I still import them from Japan because they make good quality pens. But oh, I just cringe thinking about that because I, I at the time I didn't understand the severe implications of deciding to go be an artist in that environment. Because in Japan, when you're a manga artist, you well, you're one, you're severely underpaid, but you're also on such tight deadlines. Like you're producing a 19-page comic chapter in like one week with like one or two assistants and you're barely sleeping and it's, it's terrible for the body. So I'm really glad I decided not to pursue that. Um, yeah. but, and then high school, towards the end of high school, I realized maybe I could be an American artist, just make art like on a monthly issue basis. I could do that. Right. So that was really fun. Um, and I think at the same time, just like doing art for DNR and doing D and D inspired art and just doing artwork for fantasy things in general has kind of recently, very recently past few months, years really rekindled my love of concept art and creating things based on other people's descriptions and just doing art, giving life to other people's visions really. So I'm kind of right now at a crossroads cause I'm about to get my degree. Like I can't just drop out. I'm only like two semesters done and then I'll be done. Like I'm almost done with my comic art degree. So I'm going to get that. But I have to decide whether or not I want to be done after that. Or I'm kind of thinking right now that I might actually go to a sort of trade school. There are a few schools in Hollywood that offer like one to two year courses for artists in the entertainment industry. And I think what I may do is take like a year or two uh, concept art course after I graduate at MCAD. And because I, I don't want to do just comics, but I don't want to do just concept art. And I'm like, you know what, if I, if I have the time and I save enough enough money, maybe I can just do both. And I, so I'm going to try to do that and see where that goes. And it works out perfectly because right now my plan is, as far as long-term, is to work with Rowan because, well, he's just a fantastic writer. He's a very, very talented writer. And I hope that he shares some of his stuff with some people with uh, the Discord server someday because his writing is really, really, really good. Like, it's, it's just, wow, it's really good stuff. Um, and we've always been really close friends, so we work as a really good team when it comes to writing and art. So my goal, at least, is to wait for him to graduate, and then we're going to uh, figure some sort of arrangement out and uh, probably start submitting pitches to publishers and just hope we can get some graphic novel stuff finished and illustrated novels and things like that, because his work is really good and I want to draw it. So that's the long-term goal. But between now and then, I just kind of want to keep doing what I've been doing, which is kind of odd jobs here and there. This past summer, um, I did a lot of storyboard work for like advertising companies where I would draw like, you know, like toy, toy commercial, like storyboards, things like that. So I've done that a few times. I did, I did one of those a few weeks ago and it pays decently well. So it's like a good in-between job when I don't have anything else that I can work on. Um, but that's kind of just, I'm kind of in limbo right now because I'm not done with college, but I also am not done with my education even when I finish that. So I kind of have to just wait really until Rowan's done. And until then, I just kind of hope I can find some sort of career in art. And in the meantime, while I wait to start working on those graphic novel series. Okay. Uh, that is super exciting. And uh, I I'm pretty sure if you guys ever get around to trying to launch some graphic novels like if you can't find publishers I'm, I'm pretty sure you could get them kick-started out of the dnr discord but uh, <laughs> well that would i feel i feel like that would be i i you know it's funny you you mentioned that because this is a good segue into something i wanted to talk about which is i feel terrible for self-promoting on the discord server and i know that you guys don't mind because it's dnr related art but I still feel like I'm taking advantage of someone else's platform. And so the idea of me even like once promoting a Kickstarter, just, I'm yeah. just like, oh no, I can't like, I, I know it's not bad, but at the same time, I feel like it'd be rude. So I really yeah. wouldn't ever want to do that, honestly. Right. I think it's probably against the terms of service of the discord, but like, I think a lot of people follow you on Twitter and stuff. So like, we'd probably just find out anyway. But. Yeah, I know. Well, it's this kind of it comes back to back when um when like I think Steve asked about like character chats and like me on a character chat and it's like the same thing. It's like I've really only done a little bit of art for the show and I'm not like a huge part of like their machine 
And so I really don't want to be confused with the people that put all this time and work into the show because really I'm just another member of the community that happens to do some art here and there. And I don't really want to be seen as anything more than that. But I almost I am also really flattered by all the nice things you guys say about me and it's it's really amazing. And honestly, the DNR community has completely changed my art career for the better. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. Um so let's talk a little bit about like things outside of uh, DNR and maybe outside of school. Uh, you're home for the summer. I think you're on like a bus or something many hours a day. I am. Uh, That's from what from what I have said in the general chat. That is indeed an accurate summary of my daily life. I, uh, or at least right now, I well, I flew back in uh, late May, and I am currently uh, living in a sort of underground basement level apartment, uh, which sounds creepy and weird, but it's actually quite nice. Um, in my uncle's house, and he travels a lot for work, and so he and no one's staying in it. So he's like, you know what? I'll let you live in it rent free for the summer, which was great, and I'm super thankful. That's kind of amazing. Um, the only problem is, is that I didn't plan on originally. I didn't plan on coming home to California for the summer because this is my third year at art school, and I was like, you know what? I've been going to college long enough that maybe I'm just not going to go home for the summer this time. Like, I love my family, but, you know, all my friends are here in Minneapolis, and I don't really want to go back. So I, I had already found an apartment. I'd already found a really nice one-bedroom place pretty close to my college, and I, I was in the process of moving in when my, uh, my cousin Patrick, uh, well, not really cousin, but my distant relative Patrick, I don't remember the specific name. He's my, a distant relative of mine who was my mentor as an artist for a long time, much older than me. Uh, he is the like co-owner and co-CEO of a graphic design company in downtown Hollywood. And I had interned him, interned with him a few times as like an apprentice and learned under him for a few years at that company a few years ago. And he, out of the blue, just contacted me and was like, hey, do you know what, do you want to, uh, do you want, how would you like to do some work for me, like officially? How would you like to do some paid intern work this summer? And I, it was not the sort of opportunity that anyone in their right mind would have turned down. So I just uprooted all my plans and I was like, you know what, fuck it. I guess I'm going home for California this summer. Screw the apartment, but I can't because it was a really good apartment and I do need a place to live next summer. So basically I'm kind of stuck paying rent for the apartment that I'm not in the whole summer, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but at the same time, it's nice that I still keep it. And so my parents are helping me out with that. And basically any money I make over the summer is really going to go towards that. Cause I, I'm just barely making enough to pay for that rent, but it's still, okay. yeah. Yeah. At that, that makes sense because like, I remember you posting about moving into an apartment and I was pretty sure it was in Minneapolis. And then all of a sudden you were on a plane to California. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I guess I had yeah. that wrong. But yeah, I didn't it, have it wrong. I had it. No, right. you did it. You did. You had it right. It's it's a weird situation. So, so that's kind of that's where I am right now. And uh, since Hermosa Beach is, it's about a like only a forty five minute drive from Hollywood, no traffic. But you know, L A is famous for its traffic, and unfortunately, parking is a nightmare where my the building is the office building that I would go to work at. So, I take the metro, and it's kind of a complicated like. I take a bus in the morning from Hermosa Beach, where I live, to the metro station, which takes about 30 minutes, and then I take that metro line, the green line, to the blue line, which is closed down this whole summer, so I actually have to skip the blue line and take a bus to the red line, and then I take the red line to uh, the 7th Street metro station, and then I take the 7th Street metro station, and I walk 20 minutes to work, and the whole thing takes me about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours, depending on traffic, which is why I am on the bus in the morning and the evening so much, and why I keep complaining about LA. Yeah, um, so I was in LA <laughs> uh, two years ago at spring break, and, you know, the traffic was what it was, but, like, I thought it was better than Chicago traffic, like drivers were a little nicer. Like they'd actually leave room for me to move around. Yeah. Which they do not do in Chicago. So yeah, um, I don't know. I'll be back out there in uh, actually the end of July. We're coming back to do kind of crazily the Star Wars land stuff. So ooh, that's it. That's yeah. really that's awesome. You you should well if you're in town, come say hi because in LA. Yeah, uh, we're staying in. Oxnard, I guess, for like three, four days, and then driving down to Disneyland for a couple days. So that's exciting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I might, I probably will drive by Hermosa Beach. I would guess. Like, honestly, 
Hermosa Beach is Hermosa and Redondo and the whole beach area is definitely one of the places that like needs better rep in California because LA really isn't the place to be when it comes to the the coast. Honestly, LA is kind of shitty. Yep. And and Hermosa Beach is like a much smaller, much more well, small town is small town you can get for somewhere on the coast. Uh, but it's it's right next to the ocean. Everyone's super chill. There's a lot of like really nice like small town restaurants and like homeowners, and it's just a much more uh, it's like a much more tourism friendly location than downtown LA. So if you do get a chance, I recommend coming here. Not just because I'm here, but just because it's great. I think I biked through there last time because I, I rented a bike and I biked like forty miles up the coast back and forth, and I think I biked through there, but. I didn't get off the bike. There were a whole lot of like homeless people everywhere on that whole bike trip. So I'm like, I'm just staying on the trail. I'm just going to go. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is going on in my life outside of uh, DNR and the Discord? Hobbies that I enjoy. Other hobbies. Honestly, it's really weird because like I do have other hobbies, but I don't have any time for them because of art. Like uh, E3 this year was crazy. Lots of crazy video games thing, great video games things happened, and I'm excited. There are so many things are happening this fall with games that I want to play. Like I don't know if you're at all a fan of the Borderlands franchise, but Borderlands Three is coming out, and I am so excited for that game. And so I'm. There are so many things I want to do, and so many games I want to play, and so many shows that I need to watch. And the biggest problem for me is that I have a very addictive personality, and so I know that if I if I start playing Borderlands Three or if I get myself a nice gaming computer, I'm just not going to draw at all. Yeah. So uh, the thing with me in gaming, and I, I've said this in the Discord thing a couple of times, is like we used to play a ton of games. Like we probably played every jrpg that came out from like 1994 until like 2005 and then which was a ton because ps1 and ps2 had a ton of jrpgs sounds and like then, it yeah and then um world of warcraft came into our lives and uh that's pretty much what we did for like eight years and uh then there was a the kid and like then i started spending all my time biking and running and like we play some games, but like I know about games. I listen to gaming shows. I know all about games and stuff, but I don't play that many. I buy a lot still, but uh, like the only thing I'm playing right now is Final Fantasy XIV, um, but it's not super serious. So I don't know. Well, I'm also playing Warhammer Chaos Bane because like action RPGs are the perfect little thing that works to play with my daughter. Um, like the three of us can play on the couch on the Switch. So. That's pretty much where my gaming is right now. But uh, I do keep up with all these other things. I know a ton of people are excited about Borderlands. So um, should be good. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. The other, and, and I'm kind of at this dangerous crossroads because with the, uh, the graphic design internship, I'm actually going to make enough money where I could definitely afford to get myself a computer if I save up for the whole summer. It, with commission stuff, like I could probably afford to, and 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 so I'm I'm kind of I really I'm really tempted. I really want to get my but see the other issue is that I also really want to go to Dragon. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like I decide, and I, I'm gonna have to make this choice pretty soon here. But I really want to go to Dragon Con, and I really just want to be like, you know what? Even though Dragon Con technically takes place during the first three days of the school semester, I could also just say fuck it and fly from Minneapolis to Atlanta for four days. Why not? So, yeah, I mean it's it's on the weekend, right? So it is. It is on the weekend, and I know exactly when it's happening, and I'm pretty sure it happens during the close to the same time as another anime convention that I want to go to. But uh, I've also never been to Dragon Con, and I really, really, really want to go. Um, yeah, because I'm actually and I, this is this is a surprise, but and I don't maybe Jason or Brie will hear this, and you don't have to edit it out because I really don't care if they do because it's not giving anything away. But I am working on another similarly um, cool, uh, heartfelt uh, like thank you fan art piece for them again this year in yep. the same vein as the Jason one from last year, and so I really want to be able to give it to them in person this time. But that's another reason that I really want to go. Yeah, so. Right, it's Labor Day weekend, right? So I, I think I'm going to be able to make it. I, the only thing standing in my way right now is my daughter was supposed to go to this Girl Scout camp, and now she's not. And so my wife's like, hey, I have this day off, and 
what are you going to do? You're going to leave. So that's the only thing that I have. Why doesn't your wife go with you? Yeah, like, I don't think, uh, A, that that would be her taking more days off. And, like, my daughter's in school on the Friday and stuff like that. So it's just I happen to have Fridays off. And uh, so I I could make it work a lot easier. Um, Because originally I did think about, like, taking the kid along and doing some of the kid track stuff. Um, But then there's also, yeah, I also want to get to play, like, games with the DNR people and, like, I don't know how that would work. Like, okay, you guys go back to the hotel. Um, I'll be back in like six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be just better just for me. So um, anyway, I, I think we have gone on long enough. So we may have set the record for the longest uh, recording at this point. Have, so. have we really? Because I, I, I thought the other ones were really like hours. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're really around like 40 minutes. And I think we topped an hour. So Okay, well, I thank you for speaking. This has been fun, and I'm I'm yeah. sorry I I talk so much, and I feel like I interrupted a lot. So I hope I wasn't rude or anything. No, you're totally fine. I'm going to turn the recording guy off. So just okay. Well, goodbye, friends. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Cole. I hope everyone that's listening to this is staying hydrated. It's 